Hi everybody, the Complex PTSD guy here. I'll start out by saying I'm not a doctor, psychiatrist, I'm just a guy living with complex PTSD, and I'm sharing my own ideas, experiences, and opinions on this podcast. So today I wanted to discuss um, under the realms of typical places where people get complex PTSD, where that develops out of. Um, I recently talked about torture, um, which was something I don't normally talk about. And then today I'm going to talk about another thing I don't usually focus in on specifically, and that's domestic abuse. And I want to start out by saying this was a little tricky for me to do this episode because the definitions I kept finding for what domestic abuse is, it kept leading me to things that I felt were different avenues. Um, so one thing I like to use for definitions, but also for um, for their references and their footnotes is Wikipedia. Um, and it, it, it always gives you just a general broad definition. Um, you know, it, it can be very specific. It gives you really good resources, I think. But every time I typed in domestic abuse, it kept saying domestic violence. And it kept and violence to me is a very specific word. That's a physical act. Um, and I kept thinking, well, domestic abuse can be mental, emotional. Why do they keep using this physical thing? Um, obviously, people get physically assaulted in domestic abuse. That can happen, and it happens all the time. But I just didn't like that they were specifically zoning in on that word because I thought, well, what about the emotional and the mental um, so I wanted to start out by reading the definition of violence, and this is on Wikipedia. Violence is the use of physical force to cause harm to people, animals or properties such as pain, injury, death, damage, or destruction. So that's violence. And so whenever I was thinking, you know, they're calling it domestic violence, that's, that just feels like a whole other, it's like they're taking one lane rather than incorporating all the other craziness that can go into domestic abuse. Um, but then when you read domestic violence on Wikipedia, it says domestic violence is violence or other abuse that occurs in a domestic setting, such as in a marriage or cohabitation. Domestic violence is often, often used as a synonym for intimate partner violence, which is committed by one of the people in an intimate relationship against the other person and can take place in relationships or between former spouses or partners. So in, again, this might be why I don't focus in on this as much because one, I mean, domestic abuse can obviously as well be a parent towards their child. But here it's, it's like on Wikipedia, they're really zoning in a lot more, in my opinion, on spouses or dating, or, you know, just being in some type of a relationship as an adult with another adult. And maybe that's what it is most of the time. Um, maybe that's why I don't talk about it as much, because I'm not in that. So even though I came from long-term trauma, and I do think that there was emotional abuse going on with the with caretakers that I grew up around, um, I came from a kid's perspective. Um, so this is more when you're in this type of a relationship as an adult. And for a lot of this, I would almost say 
I mean, this goes on and on and on and on. Um, so I'm not going to talk about every single aspect. But one thing that I is, am zoning in on is one thing that they focus in on um, is traumatic bonding. And I feel like that's really the heart of it. That's the heart of um, what will lead you into a long-term abusive relationship is traumatic bonding. So in regards to this podcast, I talk about complex PTSD, which is long-term trauma. So in regards to domestic abuse, traumatic bonding is the heart of all of this. Um, And this is what I connect with too, being a kid growing up, witnessing emotional abuse between two adults. Um, And for me, interestingly, and this actually relates to another podcast that I was interviewed by this past Sunday, which airs today, um, I mentioned um, a term called Stockholm Syndrome. Um, I personally feel that more in my body that I might possibly at one time have had that. And I've never been diagnosed with Stockholm Syndrome, but, um, and I'm going to explain why I think this is. Um, Stockholm Syndrome is very rare. I've never been held hostage in a bank robbery or anything like that. But in regards to my specific type of upbringing, um, I will explain what I mean. But the podcast that I was on recently where I was interviewed, it's not on here. It's not my podcast here. Um, I was on another podcast called Hello Trauma Brain, and the episode, the first part of our interview airs today. Um, And that's, again, that podcast is called Hello Trauma Brain. And I bring up Stockholm Syndrome a little bit, um, because for me, that's what it feels like. Um, But I'm going to read to you what traumatic bonding is. Traumatic bonds, and again, this is going under domestic abuse. Traumatic bonds are emotional bonds with an individual and sometimes with a group that arise from a cyclical pattern of abuse, perpetuated by intermittent reinforcement through rewards and punishments. Um, Two main factors involved in the establishment of a trauma bond are a power imbalance and intermittent reinforcement of good and bad treatment or reward and punishment. Trauma bonding can occur in the realms of romantic relationships, platonic friendships, parent-child relationships, incestuous relationships, cults, hostage situations, managers versus their direct reports, maybe they mean reporters, I don't know, Uh, sex trafficking, especially of minors, or tours or duty among military personnel. Again, I'm reading this on Wikipedia. Um, Now I'm going to read to you what Stockholm Syndrome is because I feel a larger um, connection to that term, but I want to read the definition of it first. Stockholm Syndrome is a is a proposed condition or theory that tries to explain why hostages sometimes develop a psychological bond with their captors. It is, res- it is supposed to result from a rather specific set of, of circumstances, namely the power imbalances contained in hostage-taking, kidnapping, and abusive relationships. Therefore, it is difficult to find a large number of people who experience this to conduct studies with any sort of validity or useful sample size. So it's hard to, they're saying it's hard to find a large number of people who experience Stockholm Syndrome in order to conduct the studies. But if you're having, 
it's also found in abusive relationships, which it lists here, um, and specific set of circumstances in an abusive relationship. Um, I think there's more volunteers out there than they might realize. Um, it also goes on. This makes it hard to determine trends in the development and effects of the condition. And in fact, it is a contested illness due to doubts about the legitimacy of the condition. So now I will, um, explain why I think I could possibly at one time have had this because I don't think this way anymore. So when I say at one time, I would say in my twenties, I feel like I could have had this. Um, so when I was growing up, my primary abuser, um, I won't say specific, I won't give details cause I, I have never mentioned who they were, but my primary abuser did this the entire time they were abusing me. So this went on for a couple of decades. They would, um, they believed, and I, I do, I think they truly believe this. Um, they still believe this. Um, they believed, and I think that, I also think that Munchausen, that's very important here. So when you say a specific set of circumstances, Munchausen might be a key factor, um, which makes this different. But I believe that they have Munchausen, number one. Number two, they believe the government made them sick. Um, I'll just leave it at that. And that plays into their Munchausen. Um, so for me growing up, um, there was always a level of hatred. Um, or maybe, you know, don't ever trust the people that make you sick. Um meaning they think the government made them sick, right? So like, let's say I'm, let's pretend I'm 21 years old and I definitely believe everything that they say. My primary abuser tells me, I believe them. I trust them. Um, so if they were to go out on a limb and like, let's just pretend they put an article in the local newspaper, um, about what happened to them I would go out and support them and say, yes, this truly happened. Um, even though it could just be their Munchausen talking, it could be their paranoia talking, um, but I'm defending them. So it's almost, I feel like that's a little bit similar here to Stockholm Syndrome. Like I am identifying with my abuser and this is something that they use against me to abuse me if I don't feel the proper amount of sympathy for them. And that they did that. They've done that a gazillion times, by the way. Um, so if you don't buy what they're selling, they'll get very angry. Um, and I feel like that is what a, a hostage situation. There's some similarities there. So, um, I guess Stockholm syndrome, the term came out of, I think it was a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden in the seventies. And this is on Wikipedia. Um, but basically the people being held captive by these bank robbers, they felt like the police were putting their lives in danger. And so they wouldn't speak out against the people who held them hostage because they didn't trust the police in the situation. So they were like, well, no, why would we come try and assist you in anything, meaning the officers, because they felt like the officers put them in harm's way. Um, and so the, I, I almost feel like that's a little different. Um, it's not that they were necessarily siding with the hostage taker. They were 
feeling like the the local police in Stockholm had done them wrong. So I think that's almost a little different. But they were identifying on the captor the captor side in the sense that they weren't agreeing to help the other side. But I don't know that that's I feel like that's a little blurry. Um because to me Stockholm syndrome is um where you are just totally boldly set to defend um someone who's done something horrible to you um and under the the realms of uh, domestic abuse a lot of battered women will go on and on about how much they love the guy or they always go back to him and all these things and that's very much that reward and then abuse reward and abuse reward and abuse um because they're always like oh see how he's changed he's doing all these nice things and then it's abuse again um so that's one of the you know a key trait and i would say that's um i would say that that would fall under trauma bonding for sure but in regards to all of this the thing that i connected to and related to and wanted to share is under domestic violence i followed the word abuse more and under that i followed um traumatic bonding and definitely when i was in my 20s it it was almost a little bit more like a stockholm syndrome um cuz probably even at that time if somebody had said to me so like if somebody who my somebody who my primary abuser identified as an enemy like a personal enemy in our actual lives um i would identify them as an enemy too um and that happened a couple of times so basically someone who would put them to the test or call them out or say something they didn't want to hear and they would get really angry about it that person would be like an enemy to us um when that person may have done nothing at all to me but they did something to my primary abuser and i you hear them rant and rave and go on and on and on and gripe 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 about it um you start to pick that up and believe it and come to their defense the primary abuser's defense so i would say that's more in line with stockholm syndrome at least that's how it feels i could be wrong i'm giving my own opinion here and i'm not a doctor but from my own experience um yeah my primary abuser who i do think has munchausen um they believed that the government made them sick um and i'll just leave that at that and it had to do with a war but um yep uh but a lot of that was very much emotional when i was younger it was physical which does fall under you know domestic violence um when i was growing up but the emotional i still feel like is worse um i just think it's worse than the physical at least in my own experience and a lot of people who have been through abuse say the same thing the emotional is worse the mind games and the the emotional turmoil it takes on you um is just so much anguish but um again i did mention that in an interview i did for hello trauma brain and that should be airing today and so i'll send you over that way she talks about complex ptsd that's what her podcast is about so anyway uh that that's my talk on domestic abuse so um i hope it helps some people and you know if you're experiencing it there's all types of places out there to seek help i would just google you know phone numbers assist 
types of places that will assist with that because there's lots of places out there um and you know a lot of people get into it and a lot of people get out of it and they feel better at some point uh this is the complex ptsd guy signing off